Hi everybody, Mike Kliss here, and this is uh, edition number seven on Kliss's Mic Drop podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to uh, review how the Broncos did against the Tennessee Titans, a big win, a shutout win, 16 to nothing, their first shutout in, uh, in two years. I kind of forgot that they had shut out uh, the New York Jets a few years ago uh, in one of Vance Joseph's uh, few games as the Broncos head coach. And then they got, a, 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 I think, a more impressive win against the Titans on Sunday. The Titans pretty good, uh, even though they're now 2-4. and four. But uh, they sent Marcus Mariota to the bench. And it looks like Ryan Tannehill is going to be the Titans quarterback this week. Uh, the Broncos with a terrific defensive effort. Looks like the Fangio system, the Fangio scheme, everyone, all 11 guys kind of playing uh, with cohesiveness now as the season goes along. So things are looking good for the Broncos defense. As for the Broncos offense, things looking good for that Broncos defense. The offense, just it just looks the same every week. Uh, they score about 16 points, which they did again. Uh, whether they win, whether they lose, that's been pretty much their M.O. Uh, so far this year. I think the Broncos are well down in uh, scoring, averaging uh, about 15 points a game. Uh, during the season. So they've got some work to do this week if they want to take on, uh, they want to outscore Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. But let's go back first and uh, look at that Tennessee Titans game. There, there were uh, two factors here. One, again, the Broncos defense, they've got the magic uh, formula now for stopping the run. Fangio made those three personnel moves two weeks ago against the Chargers. And uh, he used the same personnel changes uh, against the Titans, and that is Mike Purcell from Highlands Ranch, journeyman. He, got, he was with five teams in 2017, and look at him now. He's playing nose tackle for the Broncos, doing a great job stopping the run. Uh, they put in Alexander Johnson, uh, just a Tasmanian devil there in the middle. Uh, apparently, he misses some assignments. He doesn't always know where to go on certain plays. Who cares? Throw him out there and let him run around with his hair on fire. And uh, he is, uh, he's a tackling machine. He's made a big difference. And then the third change, Kareem Jackson. Instead of at nickel corner, he's been staying at safety. And here's why that's so big in run defense. At nickel corner, even on running plays, the receiver will kind of run a cornerback off the play, will run downfield. It's a cardio position. Safety is a physical position, and so he can move himself into the play from safety where cornerback, he gets run out of the play. So that's been big. Those three guys have been huge in the run defense the last two games. Now remember, let's use some context here. Against Jacksonville two weeks ago and Leonard Fournette, 190 yards in the second half alone. The Titans, 229 yards rushing in the second half alone. And in the past two games, against the Chargers, you got Eckler, you got Melvin Gordon, uh, you've got Derrick Henry. Against those three very good running backs, the Broncos have allowed 74 yards total in, uh, in 37 carries. That's two yards a carry, so tremendous. They were allowing 8.2 yards a carry against Jacksonville in that second half. So kudos to uh, Fangio for making those changes. Kudos to those three players uh, for the impact they've brought. I guess I, I don't give uh, Fangio too much credit because I wonder 
why, after he looked at Alexander Johnson all through training camp and all through preseason, he didn't give him one snap during the first four games of the season. Alexander Johnson's been playing now two straight games. And what is the Broncos' record in those two games? That's right, it's 2-0. and Offensively, not much. Uh, Philip Lindsay had one nice run, a 30-yard run. He finished with 70 on the day. Uh, passing, there wasn't much there. There was one pass, 41 yards from Flacco to Cortland Sutton. That set up a field goal. McManus was on. He kicked his first 50-plus yard field goal since uh, opening day of 2018 when he had two against Seattle. Since then, he was 0 for 7 uh, uh, from beyond 50 yards. Before that, or, or along with that, he had not missed from inside 50. He's been perfect on all his field goals, uh, 49 yards on end. So that's really what you want. You can't miss those field goals. The 50-yarders are gravy, but as McManus himself said, in the NFL, you got to make the occasional 50-yard plus, and he's done that. Uh, this, that's enough for the Tennessee game, though. Broncos with a big win, 16 to nothing, And now here comes Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have won seven straight against the Broncos, but the Broncos have been busting a lot of uh, slumps lately. They lost eight in a row. They beat the Chargers to snap that streak. They lost four in a row at home. They beat the Titans to beat that uh, to snap that streak. So now they have seven straight losses against the Broncos or against the Chiefs. I didn't realize this till just today, looking things up. The Broncos have not beat the Chiefs, and they shouldn't have won this game since the very uh, first uh, time they played them in 2015. Uh, they were down by a touchdown. Uh, at Arrowhead, Peyton Manning led him on a two-minute drive to tie it, and then Jamal Charles fumbled, Brandon Marshall knocked it loose, Bradley Roby picked it up, ran in for the end zone. Since then, the Chiefs have won seven straight. You remember the next game at home uh, at uh, what is now Empower Field at Mile High, uh, Peyton Manning played hurt through five interceptions in that game, and that uh, sent him to the bench to, for the rest of the regular season until the second half against the Chargers in that finale. But uh, it's all about Patrick Mahomes and stopping him and the Kansas City Chiefs. Short week, not going to be easy. Tyreek Hill is back for the Chiefs. We'll see if uh, 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 Sammy Watkins uh, comes back for the Chiefs. They're fine receiver. He's been out with a hamstring. He's been practicing this week. It'll be tough for the Broncos. Um, Vaughn Miller, uh, he talked uh, not to us personally, but to the media group on Tuesday this week, and he talked a lot about Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. So let's hear what Vaughn Miller had to say about Mahomes and the Chiefs. Everything is great about it, except the, uh, the short um, time span um, between both games. but. Everything else is, is super exciting and, and super cool. Um, going against uh, Kansas City Chiefs, a divisional rival, um, versus Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks that there is. Um, they're uh, going to be ready to play. They've lost two straight. We've won two straight. So it's going to be a great night on Thursday night. What do you have to do um, just, to get, just to recover from Sunday's game and make sure you're physically ready for Thursday? Um, I, I feel like... Uh, I always do a lot with my body anyway, so, you know, instead of spacing it out over, you know, six days, you do it in three, 
you know, so just, uh, you know, I would normally hit like the cold tub, you know, three times within that, uh, that six days. And I just hit the cold tub every day. And um, I still have the same uh, body workers and the same massage people that I use. I just condense it down a little bit. Can you still do stuff Thursday morning? Like even day, does it does it blend into that or? Yeah, I guess you're good. I, I guess you could, but I, I'm usually ready to go like that Wednesday night. Like when Wednesday comes around, I'm ready to go. With a uh, normal week, I'm I'm starting to feel good on Thursday anyway. Like I'm back to normal on Thursday, so Wednesday night would be it for me. You guys didn't speak last year at home until uh, that fourth quarter when Mahomes kind of went schoolyard against you. Is there anything you can take from that? How he he just kind of improvised and. Uh, Started making throws all over the field. No, just uh, you know, just line up again and just just keep chipping away at it. You know, um, we haven't beat them. I don't think we beat them since it was 2015. Yeah, so we just gotta keep chipping away at it. We got a great team. I feel like this is the you know the best team that we're able to field. You know, in that time span. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, play these guys. Is he the type of guy that you want to keep in the pocket or that you want to get outside the pocket? I mean, he want to play tight coverage, and he just want to get him on the ground. You know, you, you can't sit here and say, like, keep him in the pocket because he's going to get outside the pocket. You know, and um, he's able to make throws inside the pocket, outside the pocket, all over. He's not like a, he's not like some of the quarterbacks in the league. If you keep him in the pocket and make him play quarterback, then, you know, he can't beat you. He can beat you in all type of ways. We just got to be solid. When, we got we to be solid with the run game for sure because if they get started running the ball and they're running all over the place, um, it's, it's going to be impossible to, to win that game, so. What kind of challenge does Mitchell Schwartz uh, provide to you? Oh, he's he's a, a patient um, offensive lineman. He's one of the best in the league. If not the best, he's definitely top two. And, um, yeah, he's just a patient guy. Um, he's good with his hands, good with size, good quickness. He's just all-around good tackle. The win this streak and then addition to the divisional standing is it's always extra motivation. You know, every week. This is this is pro sports. You know, it's especially in the National Football League. It's it's motivation each and every week. How frustrating has that streak been though? You're one of the few who've actually been here for the whole thing, especially it's against a rival who's, who's you guys they've taken what you guys have had for so long. Yeah, I mean you wanna win. <laughs> you wanna win. And when you don't win, it's frustrating. You know, it's not like I don't really have anything else to say. I mean if, if you don't win, it's it's frustrating and we haven't won since two thousand fifteen. They're run run game. Um, I don't know. It's it's a you know a lot of different factors. You know, uh, primarily they just they're just really good throwing the ball. You know, and I, I feel like they just they get out of the run game. You know, when they could just stick with it and you know try to get past those two and three yard gains and you know eventually that turn into like five and six. They just get out of it early and they just uh, they're just really good passing the ball. But we can't let them do both. One hundred percent. If we let them do both, it'll be over. What makes Mike? Purcell so effective against the run, and how has having him on the line helped you on the edge? Um, he's big, strong. Uh, he's up two guys. <laughs> I mean, he, he's he's a beast in the run game, and um, you know, when it, particularly for me, I you know I can just play my guy. I don't have to worry about playing two and three guys because when, when it comes to the run game, he's going to eat up you know two and three guys. So I can just play on the edge and just do my job. Alexander Johnson. He plays with a freedom and kind of passion, and yeah. it seems like you would like him. What does he like that? What does he like it on the field? Yeah, he's 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 incredible. Um, he's been doing all the stuff that he's been doing on the on the field and on the practice field, and um, it's it's just uh, inspiring and just dope to you know see you know how far he come to have you know all the success on the football field. It's it's just dope.
we spent time in the offseason together boxing and stuff. And, you know, you get to know him a, a little bit more. He's just a dope guy. I'm, I'm happy for him that he's uh, starting to see some success on the football field. How many are you uh, it, mainly it's just Wolf and mainly it's just Wolf and uh, and uh, AJ. Me and Wolf all the time though. Every time it's, it's me and Wolf. Probably Wolf. Probably I don't know Wolf and AJ. That'd be a good one. You know, <clears throat> they got uh, you know two different weight classes, but you know Wolf is six six, almost three hundred pounds, and you know he can put together all the combinations that you can possibly think of. So probably Wolf is it's just scary, scary <laughs> seeing Wolf box. Me? Oh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just try to, you know, outlast the guy. Try to, you know, not get hit. You know, just try to stay away. My length, probably. I don't really just have like a, a solid punch where I just say like, you know, with Mike Tyson, it was like the left hook or uppercut. It's not like that. I just, just try to, you know, keep my distance and get my punches in whenever I can. No, no, no. I can't even. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna fall into that. <laughs> You know, boxing is boxing is just a whole different, you know, animal. You know, it's 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 different when you're throwing punches, but when you start getting hit back, it just changes, you know, everything. So boxing that's that's a whole nother man's game. Were you aware that's of Alexander's dino celebration thing? Did you know that this existed? Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time in the locker room. So <laughs> you know, to see it on a football field is cool, yeah. What is he doing in the for? He's just been joking around. And when he goes sees the kids and stuff, like when he does some of the work in the community. You know, the, the kids, they love the dinosaur. You know, they love when he goes full velociraptor. So he just brought it into the locker room, and, you know, it's on the football field now. So it's cool. Thank you, Vaughn. Appreciate you guys. All right, so there you go. Vaughn was talking to the press on Tuesday about uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs. Let's look forward to that game. Patrick Mahomes, of course, is in a, uh, a league of his own. The only reason why I think the Broncos have a chance in this game is I don't think Mahomes is quite right. He had that bad ankle injury uh, a couple weeks ago against Indianapolis. He got up limping, did not play well the rest of the game. Indianapolis pulled off the upset at uh, Arrowhead. And then last week, uh, the uh, Chiefs played considerably better uh, but they still lost a tough one to uh, maybe one of Mahomes' uh, 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 league colleagues, someone very similar in style in Deshaun Watson uh, and the Houston Texans. I tell you what, I can see the Texans and Chiefs becoming a real rivalry as soon as Tom Brady retires, whenever that might be. But I think the AFC might belong to the Chiefs and the Texans for years to come. Uh, Mahomes uh, played better last week. He had Tyreek Hill who came back from a shoulder injury, and Hill uh, immediately made an impact uh, with two touchdown catches. And we all know that Tyreek Hill, really since 2016, when he ran back that free kick against the Broncos, he's just been torture on the Broncos. He's got touchdowns uh, receiving, he's got two rushing, and then he's got the one uh, uh, via return. So he is just a uh, multi-featured weapon that the Broncos have had trouble containing. Travis Kelsey, the tight end, he's been big against the Broncos. He averages seven catches and 92 yards a game against the Broncos since the start of the 2015 season. They got big weapons. Then they got Damian Williams, the running back. He's been, uh, he's, he hasn't been Kareem Hunt dominant when Kareem Hunt was running uh, wild for the Chiefs, 
but he's still been very effective. The Broncos, again, have to stop the run, and again, the, they're now equipped to stop the run. I think they will against the Chiefs, but as we all know, when you stop the run against the Chiefs, you haven't necessarily stopped the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes, uh, if he's getting a little healthier on that ankle, it'll be tough for him on the short week, uh, but he's definitely got the uh, weapons, particularly if Sammy Watkins plays in this game. He's missed the last two with a hamstring, and I think that has hurt the Chiefs. It's been pretty much uh, Kelsey and then uh, Hill the last couple of weeks uh, for Kansas City. For the Broncos, uh, you know, obviously the offense has to be productive and has to carry its weight in this game. The Chiefs are 30th in stopping the run. Uh, they do not stop the run well. The Broncos, I think, can get it going in the run game. I think they can be dominant in this game with their running game. Phillip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, uh, this might even be a game for Royce Freeman to break out because he's more of a power back. The Chiefs seem like they have a lot of trouble tackling uh, in the run. So it might be a good game for him. But otherwise, you have to feature Phillip Lindsay. And then you have to hit the big play action pass. It looks good for Emmanuel Sanders to play in this game, even though he sat out the second half against Tennessee with a knee injury. Uh, I think he'll mentally he'll be back uh, refreshed. It, uh, kind of the blessing in disguise when uh, uh, Emmanuel went down was that Deshaun Hamilton finally got going. Uh, he's been uh, uh, missing in action really since he dropped that ball in the end zone in the opener against the Raiders. Lost some confidence. Now I think he got it back with two catches, two first down catches for 12 and 13 yards from Flacco. So it would be nice if the Broncos had three receivers. You get Noah Fant going in the passing game. Maybe you get, uh, and of course, the running backs, Freeman and Lindsey in the passing game. Flacco can have a big night, too, uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think the Broncos are better than the Chiefs. I don't think the Broncos are going to beat the Chiefs for the AFC West title when all is said and done. I do, however, think the Broncos have a real chance to beat the Chiefs on Thursday night. The Chiefs are reeling. They've lost two in a row. The Broncos are, uh, are playing well, having won two games in a row. The Broncos are the team with the confidence going into this game. They've also seen Patrick Mahomes enough now three times going back to his NFL debut to finish up the 2017 season. They've seen him enough to where maybe he won't shock the defensive system. Uh, they know he can make throws from all over the field. If he's scrambling right, you better have your guy covered way over on the left far quad quadrant because he can get the ball there. So he can make uh, magnificent throws. Uh, last year, the Broncos had him beat. Uh, they were up by 10 in the fourth quarter, uh, midway through the fourth quarter, and then uh, Mahomes started running around in the backfield, making big plays with his arm. Uh, he had one play where he threw the, and completed a pass left-handed with Vaughn Miller nipping at his heels. So it's all about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I talked to John Elway uh, in the offseason. I said, uh, uh, basically, uh, with Patrick Mahomes, the Broncos are going to be playing for the wild card the next 15 years. John didn't like that, of course. He says that's, a, that's what the media thinks. Uh, that's not how they think uh, upstairs or among players. They're all competitors. They think they can beat them. And that's true. Really, the tables have turned. I mean, the Chiefs went through all these mediocre quarterbacks 
during the 80s and 90s when the Broncos had Elway and the Chargers went through all these mediocre quarterbacks uh, besides Dan Fouts, after Dan Fouts in the late 80s and 90s. Um, the Raiders went through a lot of quarterbacks. Um, they didn't really hit till uh, they didn't really hit uh, during the Elway years until Gannon, which was after the uh, Elway years. So, uh, you know, and the Broncos didn't win the AFC West every year under Elway. They may have been the team to beat every year, but they did not win the division title every year. And so that's what the Broncos are hoping to do, play enough defense to, to beat uh, Mahomes and then somehow, some way, score. I'm asking for 27 points from the Broncos in this game, which is asking a lot. They have not scored more than 24 points since they routed the Arizona Cardinals. And if you remember, they needed two pick sixes in that game to get to 45. Todd Davis and Chris Harris both intercepted it. But they've gone 15 games since then without scoring more than 24 points. That was 16 games ago, a full season. So the Broncos way overdue to score some points. If they score 27, I think they can beat the Chiefs in this game, 27-24. Uh, let's see if they can do it. It would sure change the season. It would flip the season. And then it would become about in Fangio they trust. You know, take a while to understand the Fangio scheme, the Fangio system, the Fangio operation and the way they do things. And uh, if the players believe in the coaches, it's amazing what they can do, even if they are still a little bit of short of talent. So hope you enjoyed today's uh, podcast, uh, Cliss's Mic Drop. And uh, we'll do this again Next week, when the Broncos play at Indianapolis, no Andrew Luck to prepare for uh, next week. But uh, it's all about this week in the Chiefs. It really does change the season. If the Broncos win, they're three and four, one game behind the Chiefs for first place in the AFC West, and then anything can happen from then on out. Uh, if they lose the game, then uh, you're basically playing for next year, especially with that tough schedule on the other side of the bye. But uh, things looking better for the Broncos. See if they can pull off the upset. Three and a half point underdogs at home against the Chiefs. Thanks for paying attention and listening in, and we'll do this again next week.